Hey guys, the Washington Capitals take on the Florida Panthers tonight. And I needed a little bit of help to preview this matchup. So I teamed up with Locked On Panthers Armando Velez to talk about tonight's game. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Washington Capitals podcast. As you know, these two teams face off against each other for the first time this season on Thursday night at 7 p.m. at the FLA Live Arena. For the Caps listeners, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making Locked On Florida Panthers. And if you're on the Capitals feed, Locked On Capitals, your first listen of the day. And I'm very thankful to bring on to the show the insider to the insider, Tyler Cool. Tyler, how are you, my dude? Armando, man, how are we doing today? Thank you very much. Yes, the the insider of the insiders. Can I first say something here? Uh-huh. I maybe it's because I've been out of touch with the Florida Panthers. When did they change the name of the arena? I thought it was B- uh, I was looking at BBT. I was talking to some people about it last night, and I was like, "Yeah, they play at BBT." When did they change that? Uh, just this off season. It's very recent. Um, so it's funny because um, they. Uh, it's funny because the change was always going to happen because BBT and SunTrust became Truist. So. Right. It was always BB&T, now Truist, on the, if you saw on the glass last year during the pandemic season. Right. Uh, it, said, it always said BB&T, now Truist. So it was always going to change. So now FLA Live Arena, and now they're looking for a main uh, rights holder name for now. Gotcha. Because I know that's what they did with, uh, with the Nassau Coliseum for, towards the end there. It was Nassau Coliseum, NYCB Live. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that, they must be taking that kind, of, that kind of route. But that's cool. Hey, you know what? change up the name every so often, I guess, because unfortunately nowadays, Armando, you probably know as well as anyone, that they don't like having names that are not corporate names anymore. You can't just mm-hmm. have a, a Joe Louis Arena or Madison Square Garden. No, it's got to be Prudential Center or Staples Center or even down now with the New Orleans Saints. I thought literally up until the beginning of this year, once again, oh, it's a Mercedes Benz. Nope, it's the Caesar Superdome now. The betting mm-hmm. rights have, have purchased that name. So I guess Dare I say, originality has gone away with some of the arenas. I do like, however, the fact that they call the Washington Capitals Arena Capital One Arena. It makes perfect sense with the name of the team. You talk about an arena that has changed names more often than not, because I remember when that building opened up, it was MCI Center. When they moved from their original arena, it was MCI Center. And then it became Credit, no, then it became Verizon Center. Actually, that's yes, when I visited online. And then it moved to Credit One Arena for like a year and a half, it seemed like, like 10 months. And then all of a sudden, it's down to Capital One Arena. And I think that the team is going to try to keep that just because it's so easy that you are the Washington Capitals in Capital One Arena. Yeah, it's almost like, it's like if the Detroit Red Wings all of a sudden, welcome to Buffalo Wild Wings Arena, home of the Red Wings. Genius. <laughs> the Elches will never sure. let that happen, though. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, like I said, at the top, these two uh, teams faced off against each other um, on Thursday like at, yes, FLA Live Arena. So uh, in this first segment where it's going to be me asking uh, Tyler uh, the questions based on everything Washington Capitals. And 
I'm just going to go right, right into it. And Alexander Ovechkin, I, I believe 15 points in eight games, I believe it is. Like, what, what a tear. And he just signed a new contract uh, this offseason. I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to re-sign anywhere else uh, outside of Washington. There was no reporting on anything. So he was always going to be a capital for life. What do you think of the tear that he's going on right now this early into the season? Well, Armando, uh, I tell you what, it's I'm not going to say it's unprecedented because good goal scorers in this league are extremely streaky. They seemingly find ways to get goals in bunches. Unfortunately, there's no such thing as a long standing score. We've already seen Connor McDavid up in Edmonton start to slow down a little bit. And by slow down, I mean not scoring three points a game. But Ovechkin has started off really strong. And you know what? I think you're going to, you know, when we talk about the rest of this team, it's just the fact that it's a little bit more of a normal season. Last year, with in, there was a couple injuries, some players had COVID troubles. It didn't seem like anything was going to go right last year for the Caps. They got into the playoffs, thankfully. But other than that, it just seemed like things were not going to go their way for a long standing time. And now Ovechkin with that fresh new contract, I just feel like he's playing with a, a new sense of, I guess, more, dare I say, tranquil, tranquility of his game. He's playing relaxed. He's having fun. The whole team's having fun right now. And it's showing with his point totals because his shot, I mean, his shot was never going to be in question, but the fact that he's producing and he's on a great line right now, that top line with Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson, they're just having fun right now. And it, yeah, it's going to be tougher towards the end of the regular season. It's an 82 game season. Again, I think we can never stress that enough, but he's having fun. You can definitely tell he's doing commercials with Nicholas Backstrom, even though he's not in the lineup and will not be for some time, but that's not here or there. It just seems like it, it's a great start for him. And, you hope it, you know, kind of persists and maintains for an extended period of time, but we'll just have to wait and see. Which leads into my next question. Um, and of those 15 points, nine of them are goals. And the I calculated yes. the answer. Yeah. Is yes. Yeah. Not this well, year, but yes. <laughs> well, my, 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 my question is my, my question is before I went into this season, I calculated how, what would his average goals need to be? in order to break his record, Wayne Gretzky's record by the time his contract ends, ends. And I, it was in the low thirties. Like, I believe it was like 32 that I calculated right now. He has nine <laughs> through, <laughs> through eight games. He could might as well score 50 and that average could go down uh, for the next few years. So do you think it's like going to be in year three or four of his current contract that he's going to break that record? Well, the crazy thing was, I remember I was doing the, the show with Mary and Andrew over at the cross check. Andrew made a really good point of how he's never really had two down years. By that, I mean, his scoring has never really regressed two years in a row. And there's only been a couple of years that Alex Ovechkin has not scored less than 35 goals. Two of them were lockout years. And I guess they lockout years, 12 and 13 was lockout year. And last year, the pandemic year, because he was hurt for a good chunk of time, had some upper body issues. And only ended up scoring 24 goals. I know 24 is a low number for Ovechkin. This is a guy that expects himself to score at least 35, if not 40 or more. He's starting off at a great pace. That's a big thing. And he started off the season at an 164 goal pace, scoring two in the first game. I mean, obviously that's not possible. No one's ever going to be able to do that. This is not rookie mode on Chell. But I would love to see him do it. I'm pushing him for doing it. I think that's why he signed the contract. If he had been at like 650 goals, man, I tell you, 
he may have, he, there was rumors he was going to think about going back to Russia before this, but if he was at a lower number, he may as well have, he may have thought about it, but the fact that he knew he could break that record, that's why he signed this contract because he knows if his production is where his, the average is for the majority of his career, that 35 to 40 goal range minimum, there's a good chance he can do it by the end of it, if not sooner. And I think all of us are pushing for it because in today's NHL, because Wayne Gretzky played in the high gun 80s where it seemed like if you took a slap shot hard enough low on the ice, it was going to beat the goaltender. The goaltenders are much better today than they were back in the 80s and early 90s when Gretzky was lighting up the league and winning all those Art Ross and MVP awards. Ovechkin has been able to do it for so long now, this being his 17th season. And have we ever said that Ovechkin has, how many times have we said Ovechkin is done? Not many times, let's be honest. So, I mean, he's going to do it. I Four or five years is certainly a good guess, and that's a good safe bet. But shoot, if he scores 50 this year, all of a sudden people are going to think he's going to do it by 2024. I mean, but I'm, I'm going to give him time because age, I mean, father time is undefeated, and I think it will catch Ovechkin eventually. The question is, though, how long is father time going to wait to step in? That'll be the big question with Ovi. And the thing is, with the exception of last year, durability has never been a question for Ovechkin. I'm looking at how many games he's played and barely just looking at it alone. He's been under 70 games in a, in a season. I, the, the lowest that I'm seeing right now in front of my screen outside of lockout seasons is 72. Yeah. So he, he doesn't miss a lot of time neither. That's the thing with, with Ovi. He's durability has never been a, a question, which uh, I want to transition more to, um, durability and players because right now the Washington Capitals are coming into Thursday night's game a little shorthanded with TJ Yoshi. I, I, I saw that he just recently went on injured reserve as of last Thursday yep. and Nicholas Backstrom, uh, he was placed on LTIR at the very beginning of the season. So what are the timelines of those two players? Oh boy. You know, it's funny. I, I the episode we did yesterday with JJ Reagan, I was talking to him regards to, Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshie both. And I remember I'm like, Oshie, I'm like, you know, it's a block shot. I'm like, how bad is it? And he said, well, he was in a walking boot. And I said, oh, you know what? Because <laughs> it was a block shot against the Red Wings. And unfortunately, and I mentioned this on the show right after the game, when I saw Oshie go off the ice, forwards don't wear those hard plastic coverings that defensemen will wear on their skates because they're typically getting more block shots. Oshie doesn't have those. And it looked like it almost caught him right on top of the foot which has very limited padding on a hockey skate. And my first thought was, oh, no fracture there. And now, of course, the Capitals are doing their hockey best and making sure they don't disclose any part of an injury because gosh forbid that anyone gives us information these days. But so, I mean, right now they're going to stick week to week. And this may be something that could carry just the fact that he is in a walking boot right now. Like I said, walking boot, not crutches, thankfully. It could be something that goes past American Thanksgiving. And I would not be shocked if he gets reevaluated after that. Okay. Now, Nicholas Backstrom, that is more and more looking like a scenario where he may not be in the lineup for a very long time. He just started getting back into full pad skating by himself, has not participated in any team practice yet last week. He had just started skating. I think it was after the third game of the season. He was on the ice in a jumpsuit. And, and you just... It was at first was like, okay, will he go on LTIR? And I remember I was like, is it going to happen? Is it possible? And all of a sudden it's turned into this may be a very long 
LTIR stint for Nicholas Backstrom. We're talking going into 2022 to the point where Nicholas Backstrom may not even be a candidate to be on to play in the Olympics, which is something that, of course, a lot of these NHLers want to do because who knows in 2026 if they're going to want to go back to the Olympics the way the IIHF and NHL's relationship has been. So they want to get to play when they can. Baxter may not have that chance. That's how bad it's looking. And I'm not going as far right now to say that it's going to be a full season because everyone's going to be like, oh, it's cap circumvention. I'm like, oh, calm down. Okay. Kucherov was healthy by January. Everyone knows that. Nicholas Backstrom, I believe, with this hip surgery, the fact that he got it so late, really showing that he is actually in rehab right now with this. So I wouldn't expect him to be back by 2022, but modern medicine has proven many of us wrong before. But I'm not optimistic that we don't see Nicholas Backstrom before Christmas. Okay, so... It'll be a while for uh, both uh, Oshi and uh, Backstrom. A few more yeah. uh, questions for you. So the record says 5-1-3 and three for the Washington Capitals, but none, none of those games, from what I'm seeing, at least from the box score, they, they've all been so close. They've only lost by one goal, three of them in overtime, one of them in regulation, which their first regulation loss was just on Monday uh, against Tampa Bay. And I also looked at plus-minus, which I know is not the end-all, be-all for NHL players. I saw that there's not a single player on the Washington Capitals team that has a, pl- a negative plus minus. So what what's the weakness of this team right now, for, in your opinion? My apologies. I thought I actually had it plugged in for once. Okay. And take two. Well, the thing is, is that it's the depth of scoring. Armando, I, it, yeah, Ovechkin's had a great start. Kuznetsov's had a great start. Tom Wilson is the third leading scorer on this team who has yet to score a goal. He has seven points. That is five points back of Evgeny Kuznetsov. Ovi and Kuzi have combined for 27 points between the two of them. Now, yes, that is great numbers. Those are awesome numbers. Glad to see that. The problem is, though, is that you cannot sustain that for a very long time. It's hard to have your top line be your go-to guys for scoring. You eventually need your bottom six to go. And the problem is now with Backstrom out and Oshie out, we're seeing a lot of young kids in the lineup. Connor McMichael from the London Knights, shout out to my boy Mike Stubbs, is one of the probably the best prospects they have on this team. And he's coming oh so close to scoring. I would not be shocked if he gets four or five good looks tonight against the Panthers because that's just seemingly the path he has been so far. And that's been the pattern. He just has not been able to put the puck in the six by four. But the thing is that these guys are trying to figure out, you know, Lexi Protest, who got his first game and only played like five minutes on Monday night, Brett Leeson scored his first NHL goal on like six minutes on a lucky bounce. I mean, the problem is that if they can't find a way to have guys like Lars Eller, who really needs to step up right now without with Nicholas Backstrom out of the lineup, if guys like Daniel Sprong, who I had really high hopes for, for having a big year after a decent year during the, pandemic shortened season last year if he doesn't step up if tom wilson doesn't start putting the puck in the back of the net eventually ovechkin's start like i said is going to wear off eventually because net is going to come down to earth and the mean will be found and that's where you're going to see the caps really start to struggle i'm not saying this has not been a great start for washington it has vtech vanacek's played well in goal sam sonoff outside that one seven five wild game against ottawa has been solid the defense is a lot better than a lot of people thought martin faravari has been a great addition back there, a young kid who got his first NHL goal and has really shown that he can be 
certainly a top tier defenseman for this team moving forward. But if you don't see guys from that, you know, even from your second line, I mean, if Anthony Mantha doesn't get going here soon, eventually you're going to see the team struggle offensively. So I hope to really see that happen, but that's really the one weakness I'm seeing right now. Armando is the fact that I'm not as you're not going to get as many goals right now from your you know, guys from outside your top line. That's been the huge problem with this team. And I think it's going to change eventually, but if it doesn't, we could be seeing a few more regulation losses in the, in the L category for the caps. And that's uh, I'm sure that's something that definitely the Florida Panthers are is like shut down that top line. And then they uh, everything will take care of itself from the Florida Panthers. Side. I'm sure that's what everyone says. Just shut down all Vatican guys. It's easier, easier said than, than done, done. <laughs> for sure. He's got 740 goals coach. No. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what's happening for sure. So uh, it, we're going to transition to the next segment where Tyler cool will be asking me the question. So keep it right here on, Locked on Panthers and Locked on Capitals, your first listen of the day. Guys, I got to tell you, the NHL season is back and Bet Online is back and better than ever. The new web interface for the start of the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And we are back here on this crossover episode of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Panthers. Yes, I am the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, joined here by the host of the Locked On Panthers, Armando Velez. Armando, the Panthers seemingly have had this start of their season, probably the best in franchise history. They finally pick up sort of a loss the other night, an overtime loss. But the fact of the matter is this. This team has been exceptional, to say the least, in more ways than one. It seems like, dare I say, that the entire lineup is clicking here. How have you seen the Panthers start off this 2021-22 season? Um, it's funny because I, I thought they, I thought they were always going to be towards the top of the division, but not this, this great. Not not eight zero and one, to be quite honest, and. The number one factor is goaltending. There's just, there's just, uh, you got to give credit to Sergei Borowski. The first two seasons were a little rough, especially the first season where um, his um, his goals against average were like in the mid threes. Last year, his goals against average were like in the high twos, just under three. And wow, what a difference! And also, the Florida Panthers, they're just not giving a, away a lot of breakaways at the other end. And Sergei, whenever Sergei Bobrovsky is challenged, he's able to just get a glove down um, and reposition himself well. And something that David, I said this on the show the other day, that something that David Dwork of WPLG Local 10 in South Florida talks about is that Sergei Bobrovsky, his skates are like right at the end of the crease instead of going too much out, which leaves less of a shooting lane as well. And the the scoring is distributed really well. And Anthony Duclair is leading the Florida Panthers in goals with six, but everything else is evenly distributed. You have uh, three players with three goals in Huberto, Ekblad, and Verhage. Uh, Bennett and Barkov has, um, Bennett has four, Barkov has five, even though Bennett is a day-to-day at the moment. 
but uh everything is coming from different parts of the lineup um and it it's just great to see you and you have spot players coming in and out with the center uh depth being uh, being a little shaky at the moment with a few injuries um we've had a few players come in like an Itu Lusterainen uh from who has been back and forth with uh with in and out of the lineup as well but definitely there's contributions on multiple ends for this Florida Panthers team. And that's the real big thing too, because there was for the longest time, seemingly I'd be like every year I go in, I'm like, you know what? This is a dark horse year for the Florida Panthers. And of course this was when Roberto Luongo was being a goaltender, but I went into this year thinking, all right, you know what? Tampa's still going to be good. Boston's back in the mix, but I don't know about their goaltending. Like Florida could finish number two in this Atlantic division that they're in. And then all of a sudden, but I said, I'm like, my thing was, was like, it was going to be the goaltender was going to be the issue because Bob at $10 million plays like a $3 million goaltender. And then he has this start six and O to start the season. And as much as I like to see Spencer Knight get a few more starts in, maybe I'm a little bit more of a college hockey freak over here, but you can't pull a hot goaltender when he's starting off well, especially the way Bob has played. You mentioned how he he's changed his game up a little bit because it seemingly looked like, Armando, the fact that Bobrovsky was almost trying too hard in his first couple of years down in Sunrise. You're absolutely right. And it, it, I felt like he also felt like he needs to try to belong here um, too. try it a little bit with uh, how active he really was on social media very early on in his time with Florida, always posting every single workout video. And I remember following him really at first, and then he deleted all of that. And then he became a dad. So that changed a whole bunch of things. One thing I run with a lot on this show is the hashtag dad, Bob, something I, uh, I, uh, I've been, that's awesome. Yep. That um, that's Sergey Bobrovsky right now. And, I'm expecting uh, Sergey Bobrovsky to uh, get the start on on Thursday with um, Spencer Knight started on Saturday against uh, Boston. That was actually Spencer Knight's homecoming to uh, Boston College. So he yeah. had an opportunity to start for the first time ever since uh, signing his uh, ELC. And so we can expect um, Sergey Bobrovsky in net for the Florida, Florida Panthers and it's just he's just been on this run and it's it's crazy to think because people are starting to say Vesna candidate this early and I'm that that even for me as a fan of this team as a person who covers this team that's even weird for me to hear because I watched every single game of this guy in the first two years and now he's in Vesna conversation it's just, it's it's so strange it's so hard to wrap my mind around all of that well, well, Armando, you you got to know the first month and a half of the hockey season is just willy nilly overreactions galore. Oh my goodness, the Buffalo Sabers are the greatest thing ever! Holy cow, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning are—they've lost their first. They've only won. They only beat Detroit. That was one of their first. Oh, by the way, Detroit's all of a sudden they can no overreaction season. Armando is always fun, and that's why American Thanksgiving is a nice cutoff point because we all eat a bunch of turkey, and then while we're sitting down getting our massive food cramps, we say to ourselves, you know what? Maybe we should calm down this conversation of Bob being a Vezina candidate. Even though, even though we had a long season ahead of us here, he could easily, you know, have this great start and have it go through the entire year. But at the same token, he could easily regress a little bit. And I just feel like that's going to happen eventually, even though the Florida Panthers have a really good defense in front of him. Now myself, maybe it's because I'm an old fart, 
but I loved Keith Yandel. I wish he would have stuck around there for a little bit longer. I thought he was doing great things down in Sunrise. Obviously, things didn't work quite work out there, but you still have a pretty good defense. And I think you have to look at the guy that's leading it. I mean, you have Gustav Forsling there, uh, Mackenzie Weger still around. But the fact that Aaron Ekblad is back producing and, dare I say the word, healthy, that right there is important for the Panthers in this early start. Absolutely. And, man, Mackenzie Weger, that's the that's the real key one because he's – I call him the diamond in the rough. He's he's a seventh-round pick, and he's now a top-line top, top line defenseman for uh, this team. And one thing that I will give credit to both Bill Zito – and the former GM Dale Town is signing these players at a lower cap hit and then them performing above their value. Like Dale Talon signed uh, Aaron Eckblad back in 2016 to a cap hit of 7.5. And we're seeing all these defensemen. Contracts. And that was big back then. You remember that? That was yeah. big back then. That was big. And back now then. it's great. Yeah. And you see what a deal that Adam Fox just got a few days ago from the New York Rangers, a Norris trophy candidate. And I'm like, wow, Aaron Eckblad has four years left on, um, on that deal. And, and he's making 7.5. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, he's making 3.5. He just signed his, uh, his deal just last season, last off season. And he's performing well on it. Gus, Gus Forsling was a guy that they found off waivers from the Carolina hurricanes. And he's averaging a point per game, uh, Gus Forsling. And that's, I don't know if Keith Yandel would have been on the team had there not been an expansion draft because they bought him out to protect Gus Forsling. That was, that was the main reason. But, but then another part of me says that it was time. There were so many turnovers, especially in the playoffs where he was scratched in the playoffs and he would not have been scratched in the regular season because of that streak. And they, they know they (laughs) coach Q at the time knew that the streak didn't matter in the playoffs. So that's why he was, um, that's why he was comfortable enough to scratch him because he knew, he knew that, that, that it didn't count towards it. And that right. it, it was, it, he was costing the Panthers some breakaways at the other end. So it was, it was really that important. And of course, uh, another uh, defenseman on that, uh, on that core is uh Radko Gudis who led the NHL in hits last year and he just continues shocker to and then shocker <laughs> he continues to be a big intimidation factor he's not he, like Gudis is not a goal scorer that's just not who he is um right. he's he's more of a guy who's going to intimidate uh players especially in the neutral zone and then create something the other way yeah I I I remember there was a time when a couple teams when he was like hey Radko Gudis is gonna be out of Philly who's gonna go after him and so many teams and thought of, and I thought to myself like what's so special about this guy he's a big right-handed defenseman but what's the upside he doesn't put any points up and it's like well that is his upside the fact that he doesn't need to put points up but he's still an effective defenseman but Armando the last thing we'll hear before we get into talking about tonight's matchup a little bit here with you and I here on this lovely crossover episode between Locked On Caps and Locked On Panthers. I got to I got to ask. Obviously last week was an absolute barnstorm of news in the NHL. Obviously the whole Kyle Beach saga I talked about a little bit on my show and obviously it's affected the Panthers as well. Coach Joe Quinville out right now. We have Mr. Expansion Team Andrew Burnett as an interim head coach. I don't know what your take on this is here. Do they keep Burnett in for a while? Do they ride with him the rest of the year? Or do they really go hard on a search for a head coach, a full-time head coach for the remainder of the season? Especially since we are still, as we just talked about, this will only be the 10th game tonight. 
it, I, I just think of the whole Claude Julian and Dominic Ducharme situation last year in Montreal, that if uh, you ride high and you continue to win, that Andrew Burnett's going to keep his job. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I hope people don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying coaching doesn't matter, but there is so much talent on the, on this Florida Panthers team that the expectations haven't changed. The the expectations haven't changed for me, at least for this team. And there, I, I still believe that they can go out there and still win games and still, and they, the guys in the locker room, I know talk is different than play on the ice, but I mean, after coach Q resigned, they got three out of four points on a back-to-back in Detroit and Boston. So exactly encouraging signs. So, so far, but there's still, there's still 70 something games left. So there's the, you still got to see what you got and they're, they're going to likely going to write them out the rest of the season. Um, I'm glad that this was an internal promotion because they're, they already had a system in place. Andrew Burnett was already in the coaching staff for two, two and a half seasons. So if there's anyone who was familiar with Coach Q's message, it was going to be him. And just because Coach Q's gone doesn't mean his message is gone neither. They, those are ingrained in those players' brains. So the 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 presence is still go, going to be there spiritually there. And it had to happen. The The, re, the resignation had to happen. There, there was no way that he was going to survive this after he blatantly lied um, in the investigate about the investigation. And and. In here, in his Andrew Burnett, there's still much talent on this team. Bill Zito it did, has done a great job filling in some of the complementary pieces for the core three of Ekblad, Huberto, and Barkov. And let let's go. That that's what they're that's what the players are thinking. Let's go, and we're just gonna. This is gonna bring us closer together. At least that's what they're saying in the pressers. This is bringing us closer together. Yeah, because I, I remember the first report that I saw, <laughs> Kevin Weeks comes out, and this is why I don't follow Kevin. I, well, there's many reasons I don't exactly follow Kevin Weeks. I saw this because someone else retweeted it. Kevin Weeks said, oh, yes, Quinville is out as head coach, and they're going to hire John Tortorella. And I'm like, that is how you lose right there. And and mainly because poor Anthony DeClaire was probably throwing his phone across the room because I'm sure Anthony DeClaire has had enough of torts in his life. But I mean, I'm not saying Andrew Burnett's a bad coach, but kids, we got to remember Dan Bilesma won a Stanley Cup as a head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's all you need to know about if you have a good team on the ice. Sometimes you don't need the greatest coach in the world to have a Stanley Cup or at least a playoff contending team like the Panthers want to be. We're going to take a quick pause here, folks, on this crossover episode of Locked on Caps and Locked on Cats, Locked on Panthers, technically, but you know what? Why not? Here we'll talk about the matchup tonight between the Panthers and the Capitals from FLA Live, not BBT Center, here on the crossover show between Locked On Caps and Locked On Panther. Locked On Ca- Oh gosh, what am I talking here? We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Washington Capitals podcast. As we're getting ready for a matchup tonight between two teams with a lot of expectations going in. Uh, so Tyler. Um, I said in the first segment that I, this, excuse me, second segment that I expect Sergey Bobrovsky to be the starter, but I've seen on the Washington side of things though, Vitek Vanacek, um, is back after a short stint in Seattle, not, not even, uh, dressing for a full game, uh, claimed on the expansion draft, then traded for a second round pick to come back to Washington. Now he's starting the majority of the games, even though, uh, Ilyan Sensonov 
is a homegrown player. He both of them are going to be RFAs this year. So who 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 do you think will be uh, getting the starts uh, tonight for uh, Washington? Well, Armando, I would love to be because I love leftwinglock.com is probably the best resource for anything like this. Starting goaltenders, line combos, all that jazz. It's a wonderful tool. Unfortunately, I've been burned on it three times this year. I've recorded an episode. I'm like, all right, guys, according to Left Wing Lock, they say Sam Sonov is going to get the start opening night. Oh, wait, here comes Vitek Vanacek. And then all of a sudden, Vitek Vanacek rides off three in a row. I'm like, all right, well, it says Vanacek's going to start tonight. Looks like Sam Sonov will never get a game. Oh, wait, Sam Sonov is starting. So I'm at kind of my wits end, if you will, at least for now with Left Wing Lock. Uh, Based on the fact that the team's had a couple days off here on this Florida trip, they've had some good team bonding exercise. Vanacek didn't play bad against Tampa by any stretch of the imagination. It's just the fact in front of him, this team couldn't score on their multitude of chances on, you know, Vesna caliber goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky with Tampa, but that's not here nor there. I mean, I w- I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would think Vanacek with a couple days off, but at the same token, I wouldn't be shocked if Sam Sonov got in that. Now, granted, yes, his last game was a 16 save shutout against the, yeah, Arizona Coyotes. So I'm not saying that he's ready to take on a much more, you know, stacked and more deep offense that the Florida Panthers have, which is why I would go with Vanacek. But, you know, it's early on in the year. I'm all for getting goaltenders opportunities to really shine. Vanacek really hasn't shown too much weakness. Granted, he allowed three goals and one of them he may have wanted back, but I think he's played well so far. And I think he's earned the, I'm not going to say starting job, but I'm going to say the one A job because both these goaltenders are young. Both have you know come up through the system. Uh, Vanacek with came up through Hershey, as did Sam Sonov. I think both these goaltenders are capable of being starters, but the way the hot hand is right now, it goes to Vanacek, and I think he'll he'll get the start tonight. I think, but I guarantee you, people will listen to the show. They'll click the game on, it, and they'll see number thirty in that, and then they're going to throw their phones across the room and say Tyler's an idiot, and they'll stop listening to my show. That's how it's going to happen, Armando. <laughs> and it's it's great because. Um... I think of, I think of the I think of the Capitals based on when they won the Stanley Cup uh, in 2018. They had two two goalies who one of both of them were Vesna caliber uh, goaltenders at one point. Now both of them are gone with um, Braden Holtby signing with uh, Vancouver and then being bought out now as in Dallas. Philip Grubauer goes to Colorado and then they're unable to resign it because of course the avalanche need to sign Gabriel Landeskog. So they couldn't afford uh Grubauer. So, and they, Nathan McKinnon in a couple of years. Yes. Yeah, ready McKinnon, for that. Yeah. They have to be ready to sign him. So it seems like as if it's like, as if a uh, goaltending for the Washington capitals, they say they're, they're not saying that they could put anybody back there, but they said as long as they can score on the offensive end and then they, they could play great defense in front of their goaltender that it's like, okay, we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to go. We don't have, we didn't need Braden Holtby nor Philip Grubauer um, to return here to this team. Well, I Holtby, I think was, he was, he was digressing a little bit. And I know everyone looks at that 2018 run as a great run for him. And even though the year prior he had won the Vesna his numbers were not nearly as good. Hence why Grubauer actually got the start in those 2018 playoffs. People, some people forget that. Gru, I hope he First has a great games run. Too. Yeah, exactly. And thankfully Lars Ellers behind saved him in game three, of that series against Columbus, or we are talking about a much different capitals franchise at this point. But you know, I, when, 
I mean, last year, I think they may have a chance to win that series against Boston if Vitek Vanacek actually warms up properly and doesn't pull his groin in the first shot that he faces. I think that's a whole different series against the Bruins. So, and I think they have two capable goaltenders right now. I don't know if it's going to be one of those. We have to make a decision on one or the other, mainly because the goaltending situation in the, in the system is not necessarily deep. Hunter Shepard is their best quote unquote prospect, dare I say. Um, so that's going to be something that they're going to have to make a decision on after this year. But, but I'm going to turn the tables here on, on you, Armando, looking at this matchup tonight, you talk about how deep the offense is for Florida. No question about it. Barkov, Huberto. I mean, the, the list goes on and on Verhage, who, even though Verhage is not having the meteoric start that he had last year, three goals and three assists is not too shabby. It's the defensive end. And you know, we, we just went over the fact that they have a great top four for sure. I'm not going to go as far to say best in the league, but certainly capable of, you know, supporting a top end offense. The question is, though, how are they going to try to stop Alexander Ovechkin tonight? That is where I'm going to put you on the spot. I wish I had an answer to that. It's like you could uh, you could only hope to contain Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, like I know that's a very uh, cliche answer when it comes to uh, to probably the best goal scorer of all time. He's like, we talked about it at the top. He's going to break the record and just get a hand in his face. And of course, easier said than done. Don't get, stay out of the box, stay out of the damn box, because we all know with the rocket that he has on the power play from the, from the left circle, especially if, if they go, go down a man and probably the, the person you're probably going to see in his face a lot. The most is probably Aaron Eckblad, who usually leads the, the Florida Panthers in uh, ice time, um, him and Mackenzie Weger. And Mackenzie Weger is more than capable of playing uh, both sides of the defense too. So you're going to see him mixing and matching here and there, depending on if Aaron Ekblad happens to be in the box. So um, Mackenzie Weger might have to shift to the other side too. So that that's another thing uh, for uh, this defensive core too. And of course, um, it, it's just going to be a, uh, it's just going to have to, say, hey, just make sure this guy doesn't get open. Don't give this, especially the one-timer. The one-timer is really the, the, it's like, you know it's coming, but it's like, but goalies have just a hard time stopping it. They know it's coming, but it's like, how how do you stop it? It's never, and it's funny, like I, I was, if you, Armando, gave me a solid answer, I'm like, you should be an NHL GM because coaches and GMs for 17 seasons now have tried to figure out how to stop Ovi. No one knows how to stop him. The problem is it's never a matter of if it's a matter of when, even though the power play has been off and on for the caps lately, it's just somehow Ovi will get us an opportunity in the slot. He'll take that hard wrist shot. And no matter who's in net, it's going to go in. Or we've seen a couple of times, dare I say, breakaway goals from Ovechkin, which I know is, you know, with a great goal score, you think that's an everyday occurrence. No, not with Ovi. Cause let's, let's be honest here. Yeah, Ovi's not the, the thinnest individual. He's got that Phil Kessel cheeseburger belly a little mm-hmm. bit in himself, and he doesn't have the most quick get-up as some other players are. But if he gets a breakaway, he can score. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to see. And, you know, I, I'm going to give you the give you the tough question here, Armando, to wrap it up here. What do you think the score is going to be and who comes out on top? I say because the Florida Panthers are at home, uh, I will say this will be – FLA Live Arena. FLA Live Arena. Sure Yep. I think this is going to be an overtime game. Another one mm. for the Washington Capitals because these two Trying teams... to be nice to me, are you? No, no. I, I <laughs> like the, the Washington Capitals because everyone in the Metro division right now is over 500, weirdly. And yeah. 
I, I don't know whether the Capitals are Stanley Cup contenders, but I think they're at least second round or maybe conference final. So I think they're going to be top in the somewhere in the top of the division along with Carolina and New York. So I think as far as this matchup, I think it's going to be like 3-2 Panthers win in overtime. And I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Alexander Barkov uh, gets the game-winning goal and gets Sasha? one step closer to breaking the record, the all-time record in goals for Florida Panthers history. He's three away right now. Who, uh, that's... Um, Ole Okunen. It's Okunen, but I'm like, it's not Burry. I'm like, who's there in the longest? That's right, Ole Okunen. And those high-powered, mid to late 2000 Florida Panther teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Those, uh, you know it's hard to go up against Florida right now and say they're not going to win just the way Bob's been playing. And I know you say three to two and I'm like, of course it's a three, two league that we are in today. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say Vanacek has a great game and the way the caps have played. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have exactly every box score in front of me right now, but I don't believe they've been outshot once this season. And for some reason, I don't see that happening tonight. I don't see that changing tonight. Excuse me. I think they're going to, and the thing is like the reason why I'm not saying the reason why they're out shooting teams is because they have great defense, even though they do. It's the fact that when you control the puck for 70% of the game, which they have been doing even against good teams like Tampa in both the times they played them this year and against the Rangers and against the avalanche, there's a good chance you're going to win. That said though, I feel like Bob's going to have a great game. Banachek will be solid on the other end. The caps will get the majority of the chances and they're going to lose two one. And you know, I'm, I think it's me overtime too, because I'm going to put the voodoo deck voodoo hex on this one. No shootouts tonight because shootouts are just glorified skills competitions. And those are saved for the all-star break, not for NHL games. That's not how hockey is played. Hockey is played by playing hockey, not, you know, shootouts. It's not a, that's, we don't need any Merrick Malik or whatever the heck or stinking highlights we need here. So I'll say two, one overtime win for the Panthers because Bob will make like 42 saves. And I'm not going to go Sasha Barkov. I'm going to pick a quick look at my lineup card here. You know what? I, I Mainly because I am, uh, once again, I, I'm a major junior fan as well. I'm all, I've sen- I've, Since I've seen him with St. John's, I'm like, you know what? This guy could be something. Tomas, everyone's looking at Tomas Yurko, but this other guy's better. Going Jonathan Huberto with the game winner. Hubie Dooby Doo, where are you? His fourth of the season will be the game winning goal tonight. I love how you use the Hubie Dooby Doo uh, reference because they oh, do of that course. every single time in the broadcast. So I forget yeah. who's the, oh gosh, who's the play by play guy again? Steve Goldstein. Steve Goldstein, thank you. He did yeah. some stuff for the NWHL last year. And I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. Him and uh, I, I'm bummed that Randy Moeller's not calling games anymore because he had the best goal calls ever. He, he's still the color analyst. Well, he's still the color. Well, okay, you know what I'm talking was, about, right? It was Denny Potvin you're talking about. No, 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 no. Denny no. Potvin was the previous one. Right, Denny Potvin was the former color guy. Randy used to do games for uh, the radio, remember, uh, years ago? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he used to be the in between the benches be, when Denny Potvin was the color analyst and Billy Lindsay at one point was the uh, color analyst at one point before right. Denny Potvin came in. Yeah. 
So when Randy, so I don't know, people know this, and this is probably going to blow some um, viewers away. Go look up Randy Moeller goal calls. He was the play-by-play on radio. I don't know why, which is hilarious, because he was a former player, world junior gold medalist. He was the play-by-play guy for the radio when, like, Brian McCabe was playing for the Panthers. And I think Jokinen was towards the end of his time there. Like, that's how long ago this was. And he would use, like, pop culture references. It's the most ridiculous thing. I, I tell folks, if, you, if you're on, you know, if you're going to listen to this, jump on YouTube after you're done listening to this show. And look up Randy Moeller goal calls. It will change your life. Mm, he's awesome. The, uh, Red, he's Deer, cool Red Deer is the best. And uh, one of my favorite references is he talks about this. That's where Mrs. Moeller uh, hides the peanut butter. That's the, oh, that's, man. that's the best one that he has. And Don't talk about Randy Moeller. Yeah. Let's see. Have you ever seen Randy Moeller? He, he likes his peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But <laughs> Love you, Randy. Don't, and, don't, and, don't find me. Anyways, uh, Tyler, thank you for coming on this episode of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and doing this uh, crossover with me. So for my listeners, tell them where they can find you on the Internet. Well, they can find Locked On Capitals at Locked On Caps on Twitter as where we're at right now. We're hoping to get to video soon on YouTube. Fingers crossed that sooner or later. But unfortunately, you just have to imagine my voice or I guess if you watch Locked On now, then I guess you see me anyways. But you know what I mean? Uh, you can follow me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, at TJKU29. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram because I get to post pictures of my puppy who's actually in the office right now because she's an adorable corgi who doesn't like wearing costumes that my wife puts her in. So, it, yeah, if you want to have some smiles in your day, follow me there. <laughs> and for the Capitals listeners, you can follow me on uh, at on Twitter at MondoMan12, show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers, and Locked On Panthers and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, Thank you so much, Tyler, and hope to connect with you soon. Thank you very much, Armando. It's been a pleasure, man. Have fun. Have fun watching the game tonight.